Whenever I was reflecting, praying uh, as to what on this very special day we should read and, and think about, I was led to this passage. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day He was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles He had chosen. After His suffering, He showed Himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while He was eating with them, He gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked Him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." And may God bless His Word to us. I just want to speak for a short time before we go into our breakouts and, and to speak about the three central emphases that look, as he's writing at the very, this very significant, this very special time in the church's history, right at the beginning of the, the foundation of the, the church of Jesus Christ, he has something very significant to communicate in the book of Acts. Three emphases for the, the church worldwide, but certainly, I believe, three emphases for us here in Highkirk. The first one is this, and we have it in verse 1, the works and the words of Jesus. Luke begins, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. The works and the words of Jesus. I firmly believe that if people's lives are to be changed for the better, they need to have an encounter with Jesus. Today we gather to, to celebrate this wonderful building that we have, this wonderful resource, beautiful building, beautiful rooms. But buildings in themselves do not change people. Buildings in themselves do not save people. It is faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever age or stage of life people are at, we want them to encounter Jesus, the works and the words of Jesus whenever they come into this place. We place a strong investment in being an intergenerational church and being a church that seeks to reach every age and stage of life from creche all the way up to people in their, their 80s or 90s or whatever. I was reading this week that... Uh, Two-thirds of people come to faith before the age of 18. Now, just let that sink in. Two-thirds of people come to faith, Christian faith, before the age of 18. And therefore, we make no excuse for that investing, investing strongly in young people, investing strongly in children through staff, through BBGB, Highkirk Kids, the movement, and so on. It's such an important window a window of opportunity. 
Because, you see, once folks reach the age of 18, they're kind of shaped and formed and, and very much set in their ways for the rest of life. And yes, it's good to know that a third of folk will come to faith post-18, but they're much more resistant. They're much more difficult to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ because they're, they're quite set in their ways. So we long as we move forward in this beautiful building with all these beautiful resources that we have to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who changes lives, for He is amazing. The gospel is unique. We will never apologize for the gospel of Jesus Christ because it changes lives for eternity. And so we want Highkirk to be known as a place where we hear about the works and the words of Jesus. The story is told of Michelangelo and his pupil Raphael. Uh, and Raphael was painting a, a portrait of, of Jesus, and he said to Michelangelo, I, I want you to call in and, and to give me your comments on it. So one day Michelangelo was passing, he called into the studio of Raphael's studio. Raphael was way out in a lunch break or something. And Michelangelo looked at the portrait of Jesus and he took, a, he took a paintbrush and he wrote over it, amplius, which basically means amplify, make larger, make bigger, make stronger. He wanted the portrait of Jesus to be bigger. And so as we move forward as a congregation with, with other churches, we want Jesus to be amplified. We want Jesus to be bigger and stronger. We want Him to be seen, the works and the words of Jesus, because He changes lives. And then the second emphasis that Luke brings to us in, the gospel, in this, this book of, of Acts is in verses 2, 5, and 8, he mentions the Holy Spirit. I wonder, did you recognize as I read through that passage how often the Holy Spirit is mentioned? He's mentioned in the instructions that Jesus gave to the disciples. He's, he's, he's mentioned that the Holy Spirit, they needed to wait on the Holy Spirit to come in power. He's mentioned in terms of their witnessing that they needed the Holy Spirit if they were to witness. The Holy Spirit is so important. Sometimes, although people call this the Acts of the Apostles, sometimes they call this book the Acts of the Holy Spirit. At the beginning of February, 4th and 5th of February, we're having our fifth Word and Spirit conference. We're delighted that Paul and Becky Harcourt, uh, Paul's the director of New Wine in England, that they're coming to lead our conference. I'm really excited by this. I've, I've had a Zoom call with Paul and as we have talked through the, the weekend and the conference, what we're going to do, I'm, I'm really as excited, if not more excited, than any of the other conferences that we've had in the past. So I would encourage you to get your diaries out, your phones, whatever, mark in Saturday the 4th, Sunday the 5th of February, to be here because I believe this is going to be a very special and significant weekend of teaching uh, and also praying for the Holy Spirit to lead us into our future together as a church. The Apostle Paul says we need to keep in step with the Spirit. And so our conference is called Momentum, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. We want to minister as a congregation in the power of the Spirit. How will, how will Jesus be bigger in our lives? It will be through the Holy Spirit. How will people find Jesus? It will be through the Holy Spirit. Paul says again, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. We need to lean into Him and be open to the gifts that He has for us. 
I love that passage in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 and 25, where the Apostle Paul says this, when an unbeliever comes into the gathering and the secrets of his or her heart are revealed or laid bare, he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. I would love it that with the Spirit's presence, as people, unbelievers, visitors come into this place, into this building, they sense something different. The Spirit ministers to their heart, lays bare their hearts, and they say, surely God is in this place. That's my desire. That's, I hope, our desire as a congregation as we move forward. So Luke emphasizes Jesus, the works and words of Jesus. He emphasizes the Holy Spirit. And thirdly and finally, in that wonderful verse, in verse 8, he says, I'm going to uh, declare you to be uh, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit made Jesus large. He, he helped them with the, the gifts of the Spirit, but He also led them to outreach and to witness. God has no small plans. They are big plans. They involve the world. And it starts with us, with you, and with me. We cannot do mission and outreach in our own strength. We need the filling and the anointing of the Spirit. Henry Martin the missionary, pioneer missionary to Muslims in India, said the Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of mission. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we must become. Ajith Fernando, commenting on this passage, says the missionary vision is usually inconvenient. The missionary vision is usually inconvenient. It stirs us. It makes us uncomfortable. It, it, it helps us to, to reach out to those that we don't normally reach out and, and, or even speak to. Uh, just as we finish the message today, I'm going to ask the band to come up and, and to illustrate this for me just very quickly. If you'd like to come up and uh, just stand in a circle for me, please. So I've asked the band to uh, stand in a circle and... You will notice that they're facing into one another. I didn't actually ask them which way to stand. They kind of naturally, this is what we kind of naturally do. If someone says to us, come up, stand in a circle, this is kind of our natural default. Because this is good, because we can relate to one another, we can interact with one another, we can have fellowship with one another, and we can share all that we have together in the center. And the center for us is Jesus Christ. The center for us is the gospel. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and how He saves us through Christ. So there's a strength to the circle in this direction, but it also has a weakness. And I want you for a moment to think what the weakness is of this, and I'm going to ask anybody to suggest what the weakness is of this circle. It's inward. And that's, that's fine, that's okay, but it, but it is inward looking. Many of our churches, this is our default. We are inward looking, we're having internal fellowship. Yes, we're having a great time, but it's very inward. So if you turn outside, outwards, please, thank you very much. 
here we have the circle, totally different perspective now. Now they are looking outward. Now there's looking out to see what's happening in the world, looking out to see who's there. So it's much more inclusive. If you were trying to get into the first circle, you was, it's all backs, it's just backs towards you. It's, it's not very welcoming. But this is much more welcoming. People can reach out their hands. They can shake your hand. They can speak to you. So this is a good model for church life. This is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I want to make you witnesses and, and missionaries to the farthest parts of the world. I want you to reach out and look out and see who's there and where's the need. But even this has a weakness. What is the weakness of this circle? You'll have to be a wee bit louder. Gaps, okay, well, actually, I hadn't thought about the gaps. Gets tighter, get tighter, no gaps. Okay, we have no gaps in the circle now. What's the weakness of this circle? There's no fellowship. There's no centered passion and enthusiasm for the center so they can so easily, whenever you're reaching out to save others, you can very easily become so like the world that actually you've forgotten what your goal was, what your, what your original mission was. So you lose something of that. So even this is not the answer. So what I want to suggest to us as High Kirk is if it's not the first circle and it's not the second circle, that perhaps we move into the third circle, which is this, if you guys want to face one another in twos. So here we have the benefits of, it's still a circle, but here we have the benefits that they can be connected to the center. You just reach in. It's not like a dance, this isn't it? It's a, it's a great dance. So there's a benefit. They can reach in. They can touch the center. They can touch the vision of why they're here, why they're, why they're meeting together. But then they, the arms can also go out, and they can reach out to those who are not in the circle and, and welcome them and call them in and speak to them. And of course, as they are facing one another, there is the fellowship. There is a strong fellowship where they love one another, care for one another, and provide that loving circle, which is very strong. Uh, thanks, guys. You can go to your, your instruments, please. So this is the church as we move forward. This is the church we want to be, one that is strong together in fellowship, one that is centered in Jesus Christ, but also is reaching out. And let me tell you, in my experience, I, 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 in my experience, there are very few churches like that. I don't think we're there yet. I still think we default to the first circle. We need to be thinking how we can be a, a fellowship strongly bonded together, but reaching out just as much as we are reaching in. That is the challenge moving forward for High Kirk. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts today. Encourage us as we continue to fellowship together, but also inspire us with the works and the words of Jesus. Inspire us with the Holy Spirit and his presence amongst us. And then, Lord, to go, to go in that strength and to go in that spirit, to bless others and to draw them in to the Savior of the world. In Christ's name we pray, amen.